This is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. I'd like to thank our sponsors who make our podcast possible. We take our podcast with the ongoing support of Raider and Jason Sikora, our sound engineer. Raider is a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. Iberia Bank and First Horizon, who are now one bank. Two relationship-driven banks, both leaders in the industry, have officially joined forces. The combination of Iberia Bank and First Horizon creates a leading financial services company dedicated to enriching the lives of their clients, associates, and their communities. I'd also like to thank Lafayette General Health, who has joined the Oshner Health family and is now Oshner Lafayette General. As one health system, Oshner Lafayette General will provide expanded services and enhanced care from the familiar faces you already trust. Oshner Lafayette General means more resources to help solve healthcare's toughest problems, reinvesting in our communities, and being further committed to health and wellness. Oshner Lafayette General, together means more. Learn more today at togethermeansmore.org. Our guest today is Kevin Guillory, Office Coordinator for the Louisiana Entrepreneurship and Economic Development Center, known as LEAD, at UL Lafayette, B.I. Moody College of Business Administration. A two-time graduate of UL Lafayette, Kevin has earned a bachelor's degree in marketing and a master of business administration in 2017. In his position with LEAD, Kevin coordinates the activity and logistics of the LEAD Center, and he helps prepare grants and contracts. He also has the opportunity to work with entrepreneurs, students, and community organizations. Kevin served for two years as Civic Committee Chair on the Board of Directors for the 705. He currently serves as Secretary for New Hope Lafayette and President of the Board for the Family Connection, Inc. And really interestingly, and this is a great honor, Kevin, he was named a top 20 under 40 young leader in Acadiana in 2017. Kevin Guillory, thank you so much for making time and being here on Discover Lafayette. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's get in. We met a few Mm -hmm. years back when Mm -hmm. I was working with uh, Upper Lafayette, and I got to know you and your heart Mm -hmm. for serving people, maybe Mm -hmm. in underserved areas. Mm -hmm. So why don't you share your story about how you got to where you are? Um, Yeah, so we met back in 2017. Um, I was working in the Office of Admissions at UL at the time. I was an admissions counselor. And we had something called Application Day at Northside High School here in Lafayette, where one of our counselors would go and basically help their students fill out college applications. Um, That particular Application Day was held in the library And when I went to the library, I realized that they didn't have any books on business or leadership. And so for me, I really wanted to do something about it. Um, So I sent you an email. I got with the um, College of Business at UL, different professors and um, different people in the community donated different books. Mm -hmm. And I was able to present those books um, to the library and back then in uh, in 2017. That was an eye-opener for me. Mm -hmm. I you know, went to college and high school way back. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a lot of books in my library. Yeah. I don't know if they had business books. I wasn't really mm-hmm. into that when mm-hmm. I was in high school, mm-hmm. but I, I bet we did. Yeah. You know, yeah. what, I mean, what, what does that say? Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. I just know for me, um, I love business. I love reading business books. That's what I enjoy doing. And I think that it's important for younger people to know about business, just the basic principles of business and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a student in high school, I was part of the FBLA, Future Business Leaders of America. Um, so it's always been really important to me. I know my my business uh, teacher back in high school, Mrs. Joseph, I still remember her to this oh, day, yeah. mm-hmm. was uh, very instrumental to me in, in my love of business. And so if I could plant that seed in other kids' lives, then that's what I wanted to do. Right. You grew up in Lake Charles, right? I grew up in Lake Charles, yes. I graduated from Washington Marion Magnet High School. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What brought you to UL? 
uh, it was the closest college to Lake Charles. <laughs> um, I actually went to UL in 2001. Um, sight unseen. The first time I stepped foot on campus was for orientation. Wow. Um, That's gro- a big move. Yeah. Growing up, we didn't take too many trips, um, you know, too many vacations. I had never been too far from from home, but I saw college as an opportunity to leave home, um, but not go too far. So it was almost like, okay, do I go to Lamar mm-hmm. in Beaumont? I go, do I go to UL in Lafayette? But you wanted to be outside of Lake Charles. Yeah, but not too far to where yeah. I couldn't just draw back and do laundry every yeah. weekend. So. I like that. My daughter, my youngest, is at LSU, and it's yeah. like, it's just far enough. Yeah, but exactly. But yet, you know, we can get to her, she can get to yeah. us. And, so. those, and those were the days where... There wasn't FaceTime and video mm-hmm. calls and all of that. I remember my cell Long phone. Long distance yeah, calls, yeah. My cell phone stopped working in Jennings, so I had to get a <laughs> calling card to call my parents from my dorm room <laughs> every Aww. day. Um, so that was the reason why I came. I chose to go to UL. Um, but after a little while, I knew it was the right decision, and and it was probably one of the best decisions of my life. Good. Yeah. So have you stayed here the whole time or you've moved, right? I'm, I've moved. I graduated from UL in 2006 with my undergrad in marketing. Um, during my time at UL, I became a part of an, a campus ministry called Chi Alpha. Um, I was a leader in the organization probably for about three, three or four of my five years on campus. Um, and then when I graduated, I really wanted to give back because it really, the ministry changed my life and I wanted to do that for other people. Um, and so after I graduated, I decided to do an internship with the Chi Alpha Group in SM Houston State University up in Huntsville, Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I made that decision to go there. <laughs> I visited like in, I made the decision without ever seeing the, the campus or the ministry or anything like that. Um, I was at a conference in December of 2005 before I graduated, and I met with the the campus pastor, and we had breakfast together. And he had such an amazing heart, such a humble heart, that he was somebody that I wanted to learn from. And mm-hmm. so I made the decision, sight unseen, again, to go yeah, there. That's quite a haul, yeah. huh, to yeah. get there. To it's about still. four hours from Lafayette, three yeah. hours from Lake Charles. Um, but after I graduated, I packed up. Everything that I owned in my Toyota Camry and, mm-hmm. and moved to Texas, you know, and yeah. I was in this new place. It was definitely outside of my comfort zone. I was in, even though I was three hours away from home, it was a new culture. It was a, yeah, it was a smaller different. city, different size city than mm-hmm. I was ever used to. Um, but again, it was one of those decisions that was life changing. I made some um, wonderful relationships. It was only supposed to be a 10 month internship. Um, I met some amazing students my first year there. And when it was time for me to leave, um, my plan was to always to come back to Lafayette or Louisiana. I was like, I can't I can't abandon these relationships right, right now. And right. so I made the decision to stay another year and do another year of uh, ministry there. Um, and then two years turned into three, which eventually turned into five. Oh. Yeah. And so I did ministry for two years. And then after that, I went work in human resources for mm-hmm. the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. So I went from what ministry to the prison system. Yeah, but you were still helping people. <laughs> yeah, I was I was hiring correctional officers, and so I got the chance to call them and let them know, hey, this job that you've been wanting, you're mm-hmm. you're getting, you know, and scheduling for training and things like that. That was quite a career shift. It it was it was it <laughs> was definitely money. different. Yeah, that's that's that was a lot of the reason right. why I needed to I needed more money, needed benefits, and things like that. Right. Um. But that job, I will say, kind of opened my eyes to some things. Um, you know, doing ministry, I was so in, enthralled in the ministry that I wasn't so much aware of, of uh, the needs around me, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. And so being on the college campus and working with college students in ministry was awesome. But when I got the job with uh, TDCJ, I got to meet different people, different people, different ages, yeah. different backgrounds. Their and, stories and things were different. Like, their stories were different. Very and different. it just kind of opened my eyes. And I was like, it was still a ministry to me. It was just that I was there. There mm. were coworkers, but we built like real relationships and things yeah. like that. And so for me, having my first job be ministry, like really made my desire in my career to be in places that I can have the greatest impact, mm-hmm. whether or not that's within the ministry or um, I've learned this no matter where I am, I can make an impact. And that's how I've always approached every yeah. job that I've had. 
Was that a high security prison or was it? Um, no, actually, uh, I worked in the I worked in the cubicle in the human resources office. So you were. Uh, I, yeah, I was never. We did secluded from the prison. Yeah, we did itself. training. We had to do uh, risk management training at the prison, um, which is interesting. That was my first time mm-hmm. being inside of a prison. But isn't that something? That first memory. I've been yeah. in the jail here twice. Yeah. Once to as an attorney to interview mm-hmm. one of the inmates about a case, and then we went and visited with Leadership Lafayette. Mm-hmm. It's good to get out of prison. Like it's yeah. a, it's. I'm sure your office was fine, yeah. but it's it's not necessarily a mm-hmm. place you want to be. Yeah, but it was really like it really it was like really eye opening in the sense of I saw the human the human aspect of yeah. it um, because it's, it was I'm, I was so far removed from things like that. You know, we did jobs where we, you know, we had trustees come and clean the office and things like that. And so I was able just to see the human aspect of people who a lot of times are forgotten by society mm-hmm. and realizing that, you know, the only difference between me and them is that they've acted on thoughts that they've had is the way that I put it. You know, yeah. because we've all had thoughts of doing Those things impulses. that would end up, we would end up in prison. So it was kind of a, it built my empathy towards um, towards towards people in prison and mm-hmm. incarcerated people. Yeah. What made you move on from there? Did you come back to Lafayette uh, um, after it, that? It wasn't really my choice. <laughs> um, so it's funny how things work. While I was there, I would always, people would say, are you going, would you ever move back to Louisiana? Would you ever move back to Louisiana? I was like, no, I'm not going back. I'll oh. go back to visit, but I'm mm-hmm. not moving back. And um, so about, I would say 20, 20, 20, 2009, 2010, a lot of the, the students that I met during my time there were about to graduate and move on, and I was wanting something new. I was, you know, Huntsville is, you know, it's a college town, it's a prison town, so it wasn't really much for a young, single, 25-year-old professional. And so I was like, okay, well, I need to figure out where I want to go. And so I began thinking about it and evaluating. It was either... Um, the Woodlands, Conroe, Texas, that area, Montgomery mm-hmm. County, Austin, San Antonio. All the cool places. Yeah. So, yeah. College Station was a little, yeah, it was like a distant fort if I had to. Mm-hmm. But Louisiana, Lafayette, and all of that was not on the list. And it wasn't until, I remember very vividly, I have a vivid memory. Um, it was Christmas Day of 2010. I was at home. Um, with my family celebrating Christmas. My grandmother had just passed about two weeks earlier on December 8th of 20, um, 2010. No, I'm sorry. I'm getting mixing my stories up. She passed away about three years before that in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found myself being homesick. My brother was about to graduate high school and go on to college. I missed, he played football in high school. I missed most of his games because I was oh, in Texas. Yeah. And it was just that. It's poignant. Yeah, I, I was missing so much stuff. And it was like, okay, well, you know, I think I may need to be back in, in Louisiana. And I was driving, and I remember very vividly, I was driving down um, Prairie Lake Road in Lake Charles, going <laughs> going eastbound almost to Enterprise Boulevard, and a voice in my head said, it's time to move back to Louisiana. And I was like, okay, well, I'm moving back to Louisiana. That was your, um, yeah, your spirit, yeah. the, the spirit talking yeah. to you. And yeah. at, at that point, I went back to work, and I told my coworkers, I was like, yeah, I think I'm, I need to move back to Louisiana, so I started looking for jobs in Louisiana. You know, I had a couple of interviews and whatnot, but nothing that I really wanted. Um, I didn't. I didn't have a time frame on it. I just knew that I wanted to get back, <laughs> and I wanted to. If I was going, I had made a deal. I was like, if I move back to Louisiana, I'm gonna move back to Lafayette. <laughs> okay. <laughs> be far enough away from home, yeah, but still, still be close there. enough. Yeah. yeah, I knew people here and all of that, um, and so. You know, just the beginning of 2011, just kind of looking for jobs here and there and not really thinking about it or whatever, not really like wanting to just take something just to move, but wanting to take the right position. And it was in February and March, we began to hear rumblings from Austin that there were going to be budget cuts, that each state agency need to cut it, cut five to 10 percent off of their budget and all of that. And so, you know, there's rumors going around. We're talking. It's like, oh, I wonder who's going to get cut. Yeah. You know, they called it RIF, reduction in force. That's a nice way of saying yeah, let it, go. It get yeah. your pink slip. And right. so it was, I remember, I think it was maybe March 8th of 20, 2011. I was sitting in my cubicle 
And our director um, over my department came in with tears in her eyes and she was like, um, can you come see for a second? And so I already knew at that point what was up. And so we they brought like eight of us into a room and she was in there crying. Our The human resource director had tears in her eyes and, you know, we already knew what was coming and yeah. it was, hey, you know, we're going to have to let you go. They're doing a reduction in force and all of that because it was... Last in, first out. Basically. You know, and it's not personal. The job that I had, I had a counterpart who had been there for like 30 years. And, uh, yeah, they're and not for me, and I'm right. like, I'll take that sacrifice any day mm-hmm. over her who has a family. I'm trying to get out anyway. Right. Um, but it was, it was almost, it was like... Um, it was like, yeah, well, if they, if they laid me off, then I'll just move back to Louisiana. That was an affirmation yeah, it was, of what yeah. you were wanting to do anyway. And, and it was a surprise in a sense of like, once I got the letter and once we had the meeting, I'm like, I'm good. I'm moving back. This is what I wanted kind of thing. And I remember going out to the parking lot and calling my mom and I started just bawling, like crying. Okay. And I was mm-hmm. like, they laid me off, mom, they let mom. me go. Yeah, and so I'm like a grown man in the parking so like, lot like, drive crying. home now, son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was good because the timing was perfect. I couldn't time it any better. I got laid off um, the same month the lease on my apartment ended. Oh. So I had to sign so another lease. you hadn't lease. signed and been no. stuck. And all of my friends, the last of them were graduating and moving on. And so it's almost like the end of a chapter that I couldn't write um, better myself. Yeah. And so I just, what's really funny is that I don't know how it happens. Five years earlier, I fit everything into a Toyota Camry. Did you fit everything in again? No, I had to get a 24 foot moving van. I'm like, how in the world did I acquire all of this stuff in five years? Yeah, it was just like so much stuff. Um, that but we it, don't really need, but yeah, there it is. Yeah, so. it was like all kind of random stuff. And yeah. so <clears throat> from there, I knew I wanted to live in Lafayette. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to live in Lafayette. And I just got a storage unit in Lafayette. I'm saying I'm moving all of my stuff to Lafayette. No job lined up, nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm like moving it, putting the storage unit because I know something is going to open up for me. And so I did that. Went live in Lake Charles with my parents um, after that, which was kind of hard being a 27-year-old single man living at home with your parents, unemployed. Well, it's just temporary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I and I knew that, and I took advantage of it. I, I traveled. I did some things. I was getting my unemployment from the state. I got my vacation pay and all of that. Yeah. Um, but I knew that I, I had the ability to—I didn't want to take too long, but I knew I could— I guess be picky when it came to what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do next. And circling back to the job that I had with the NHR, um, I knew that when I moved back to Lafayette, I wanted to do work in the community mm-hmm. um, because that wasn't much, that wasn't something that I really did in Huntsville. I wasn't really involved in the community per se. Um, and then when I was in college, I look back on my time there and wish I had been more involved on campus. Um, you know, doing the ministry was great and whatnot, but I felt like there were opportunities that I missed to build relationships with classmates and other people on campus. And so when I moved back to Lafayette, I wanted to I wanted to be a part of the community and not be withdrawn and not be within my my own walls or my own mm-hmm. circle or or whatever. Um and so, you know, I, I moved. I was in Lake Charles, did a couple of job fairs that Lita had, um, had a couple of interviews. Nothing really came from that. And what's really funny is Jeff Stewart, who I work for now. Professor Jeff my, Stewart. Yeah, my professor. Yeah. I took him um, his first semester teaching marketing principles in 2003. And I was like, hey, I'm trying to get a job in Lafayette. If you see anything, just let me know. And so he um, introduced me to the the guy that was at Bruce Foods. And I was like, okay, Bruce Foods, hot sauce, yams. The okay, owner? that's cool. Well, one of the uh, one of managers uh-huh. over there, um, over the, the logistics department. So I reached out to him. I was like, hey, you know, send him my resume. He's like, come in for an interview. Um, drove in from Lake Charles to Cade. <laughs> Uh, which I had never even heard of. Uh-huh. I didn't know where Kate was or anything like that. Um, and so I interviewed with him. And the first time I walked into the office, the cubicle that was empty had 
printouts of like a skull and crossbones because the previous three people who've had the job that I was applying for only lasted like a couple of weeks. Oh. I think one guy only lasted like a day or two. Oh gosh. And so that was my first introduction to the job. Yeah. And he was like, this job, like he literally, he didn't sugarcoat it. Like this job is hard. You're going to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. This, that, and the other. And I was just so like, I'm just ready to be back in Lafayette. I'll take anything at this point, <laughs> you know? And so- you um, took it? How long, it. How long did you last? I last um, two years. It's like riding a bull, huh? Yeah, it you was. Just it was on? The first, the first few months were really, really difficult, especially when we got to the busy season. Um, to the point that I was ready to give up. And one of my coworkers, he he talked me down. He was like, "Hey, you know, just take a breath. This is only temporary. Once you get through this first busy season, busy season was when, yeah." All we had orders. to ship all the yams yeah, for yeah. Thanksgiving to Walmart. Mm-hmm. And everybody, <laughs> so, I mean, there's got to yeah, be a billion cans yeah. on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. And so he talked me out of it, and I was very grateful for that. Um, but I met I met some amazing some amazing people, some that I still keep up uh-huh. with to this day. And so for me, it was always a like I said earlier, I just want to make a difference, want to be a positive influence to the people that I'm around, and what better place than mm-hmm. your workplace? Because you spend most of your time. Yeah, at most work. of your time, especially when you're yeah. working. Yeah. Ten-hour days during the right. holidays and all of that, yeah. But you ended up at UL. I did. That's another funny story. <laughs> I feel like I got a lot of stories. When I think about my story, I feel like I've been like... Such a young guy, but yeah. you've done a lot. Yeah. And so, again, I was... Um, at Bruce Foods, you know, it was it was it was it was interesting. You knew how to get decayed by that yeah, point. Yeah, I knew how to get decayed. It's a small town, but I there's got, a lot going on there. Yeah, I got really excited when they built that Dollar General on 182 because yeah. I didn't have to drive to Walmart and Bruce Hart anymore <laughs> for my snacks. <laughs> um, but I was like, okay, I need something different. I'm ready to to move on in my career. And at that point, I was like, I enjoyed working with college students, and I think that I'm going to try to go work at the university because I want to be back around college students. I want to be that positive impact that um, that I had when I was a student. <laughs> and again, me saying, when I left, when I got laid off from the state of Texas, I said, I would never be, I would never work in the public sector again. I'm never working for the state again. And sure enough, here I am two years later. It's like, oh, I'm going to go work for the state mm-hmm. again. What do they say? Never say no. Yeah, no and I've learned that. Yeah, I think that James was the last Bond. time I said yeah. that. <laughs> so now I'm never going to do something. So now I say, if it's up to me. <laughs> yeah. um, but I was, again, I was driving in one day to work on 182. And I remember very vividly, um, Almost right before I got decayed, there's a little dip that goes a little down and comes back up. And I was around that area driving into work, and I heard a voice say, you're going to be at UL soon. And so I was like, okay. And so I started applying, um, and thankfully I got hired on as an admissions counselor um, in the Office of Admissions. Mm-hmm. And that was my the beginning of, of my new journey. And it was it was great because... Um, for me, building the relationships with the people that I had, you know, when it was time to leave, I mean, they understood, yeah. you know, they took me, we had a good little lunch, my last day of work and things like that. And so, um, I have nothing but great memories of the, of the That's people wonderful. that I've worked yeah. with. Yeah. You know. Before we get into the next leg of your journey, I, mm-hmm. I want you to be able to talk about what you guys do, um, at LEAD mm-hmm. and how that plays a role in your mission to help mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. I'd like to pause and listen back to a clip of an interview we did with Matt Delcom, who also works um, at UL Lafayette in the Informatics Research Institute. Not only is Matt enamored by technology trends, but he made a name for himself internationally when he intercepted a fellow who was trying to steal the oldest and best-preserved copy of the Magna Carta from Salisbury Cathedral in the United Kingdom. He was on vacation, and Matt didn't want to share his story, but that's what made his story special, mm-hmm. just like yours does. Mm-hmm. Um, this moment is brought to us by Kurgan Brothers Sonic, where you can enjoy the Raging Cajun cheeseburger for a limited time till the end of the year. Enjoy a Cajun flavor mix of Tabasco brand spicy mayo, pepper jack cheese, Tony Sachery's famous Creole seasoning, and fried onion tanglers. That, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want to thank Ted Kurgan and Kurgan Brothers for their generous support. 
You can listen to this interview at our website, discoverlafayette.net. Now the moment. The fire alarm goes off. I'm like, and I was pretty disappointed. I'm thinking, darn, I'm not going to see the cathedral. I know. (laughs) So I walk out and my wife was waiting outside and, uh, you know, she says, something's not right. A man came out of the handicapped bathroom. I think he pulled the fire alarm. He went into the chapter house. And, you know, women just have this this sixth sense. They're so much more aware than men are, you know. Women are so much more sophisticated than men. I'll just leave it at that. We're simple people. Uh, they're not. <laughs> and, you know, she knew something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, everybody's, um, you know, leaving the chapter yeah, house, leaving yeah. the cathedral because the fire alarm's going off. And, you know, she alerted the guards and the staff saying, this is not right. There's somebody in there that shouldn't be in there. So she's the real hero of this whole thing. Um, and sure enough, uh, the man had gone in there with a hammer and was bashing on the, the case to try to take mm-hmm. the Magna Carta. The staff went in and he ran out. By that time, I was coming down the corridor and, and gave chase. And He did. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I tried to stop him. Uh, he got to the outside door. We were running down the, the, the cloister to an outside door and you know, he, he raised the hammer like he was gonna hit me and gave an explicitive and so I, I let him out and at that point I said, he, he's gonna get away. So I followed him outside, they had a court yard, uh, the stone yard, and uh, ran after him yelling and- mm-hmm. uh, Stop that man. Stop that man. <laughs> I'm sure everybody's looking, what is this American <laughs> tourist doing? And um, Then a man with a hammer. <laughs> and we were able to stop him right when he got uh-huh. outside the gate and into the, Welcome back to Discover Lafayette with Kevin Guillory, who's the office coordinator for LEAD, the Louisiana Entrepreneurship and Economic Development Center at UL Lafayette. So Kevin, you ended up back at UL, even though you never were going to do that. Mm-hmm. And you've since moved on and you have a new position. I don't even know if it's new. Tell us yeah, how if, you ended up if, in your current position. It's literally new. <laughs> yeah. I know you love working with people though yeah. that are talented and just need mm-hmm. a hand. Yeah, and so a part of me wanting to go to UL um, was when I was working at Bruce Foods out in Cade. Again, I was I was young. I was in my early 30s. Um, and being out in Cade, even though it was like a 15-minute drive from Lafayette, I felt like I missed out on a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. was going on. It's, it's a drive yeah, to get there. Yeah, it's a drive. Yeah. And so like anything that happened like during the week, um, during days, during lunch, or anything like that. Like, I couldn't be a part of. And, you know, evening events, you know, just, it took me 30 minutes just to get to the south side of Lafayette. Um, so let alone trying to get downtown or anything by uh, by 6 o'clock or anything like that. My daughter went to school out there. Yeah. At ESA, and I yeah. know what you're saying, with, yeah. that, with that traffic on yeah. 92, so it's just a nightmare. A lot of that was, again, I wanted to be involved in the yeah. community when I moved back to Lafayette. And I wasn't I wasn't getting that. So everything that I've, I've done is to be more involved and to do more of what I desire to do and what I feel like I'm called to do. Um, and so in this position that I have now, you know, I've been at UL since 2014, um, decided in 2015 to pursue my MBA, okay. um, which is something that I, I've been kind of thinking about since 2009. Um, but I finally took the leap nine years out of school. I remember sitting in class the first day, um, just feeling like, man, this is so weird to be back mm-hmm. in the same building that I was in nine years ago. Um, but I, I did the MBA program, and a lot of that was in hopes of advancing in my career at the university and right. things like that. And do so they help you with tuition if you're they do. Uh, that's, if you're that's a, a lot of why that's went, expensive. They, pay, they paid a very yeah. A very generous portion of great, tuition and fees. It was a benefit. great program. Yeah. Like, there was no reason for me um, not to do it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I did that, uh, which is funny. So, while I was doing that, I was newly married. Um, we had a baby in the midst oh, of my that. Goodness. And my and wife studying. was also in oh. grad school at the same time. Wow. So, she finished in March of 2017, and I finished in December of 2017. Um, and so, you know, after I got my MBA, I was just thinking that. Okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna move up and all of that. And the job in admissions um, 
I wasn't working with students a lot. It was a lot of office work and things of that nature, which I knew going in. Um, but I felt like I was ready to work more with, with students and things of that yeah. nature. And I, I thought that getting my MBA would be um, that opportunity. And so um, I applied to different jobs and all of that. And I tell people this, that between getting my MBA and um, getting the job that I have now, I applied to nine different jobs at the university um, and was rejected for all of them. (laughs) And so... That's not a good feeling. No, it was not. And it was... Probably a lot of people were getting the same thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, well, I'm trying to to do what I feel like I'm supposed to do. I want to be in a different position. I want to be working more closely with students and things like that. And um, I remember thinking that it was like the start of 2020, you know, after a couple of years of getting my MBA and I was still in the same position. I was like, okay, well, maybe it's time for me to leave the university. Maybe it's time for me to to go back to the private Mm -hmm. sector. Maybe it's time. But I felt like um, I had unfinished business. So I wasn't really feeling at peace about leaving the university because I never got to do what I really Mm -hmm. set out to do um, back in 2014. So I remember having lunch with... um, Dr. Lisa Ann Slayton, she's yeah. an associate dean at, in the yeah. College of Business. And mm-hmm. so I was just, you know, telling her about um, my career and, and what I was hoping to do and just trying to get some insight and some wisdom from her. And I remember telling her, I was like, I love working at the university, but I also love working out in the community. I love economic development. Mm-hmm. Like I listen to economic development podcasts. I love entrepreneurship. Yeah, Constantly looking at, you know, videos and entrepreneurship, listening to to podcasts and all of that. So I was like, those are all the things that I like. If only there was a position that encompasses all of that. At the university. Yeah, that yeah. would make that would make me happy kind of thing. And I didn't think anything of it. I didn't I didn't um you know, I was just like, yeah, it'd be awesome if I can do I can do these things, you know, maybe work for an economic development agency or maybe work or whatever. But in my mind, I was like, well, I would have to leave the university mm-hmm. in order to do that. And at that point, I was like, OK, well, you know, that's a possibility in order to do that. And so fast forward a few months later after COVID and all of that and working from home and things of that nature, um, that really provided me with an opportunity just to think about where I was mm-hmm. and what I wanted you know, to do. It was kind of a, a resting period, I guess you can say, of a reevaluation on everything in life. And I remember meeting <clears throat> again with Dr. Jeff Stewart mm-hmm. over coffee. Um, you know, I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling kind of stuck trying to figure out the next steps in my career and things like that. And so we sat down for some coffee and we just chatted for a while catching up, talking about different things and whatnot. And he told me about um, the Lee Center. He was like, hey, yeah, I'm a director at this um, mm-hmm. the Lee Center on campus. And it's got and entrepreneurship and, and economic entrepreneurship development in, in the, the title. Name. Yeah. yeah and so he was just telling me about it. And, it kind of was yeah. a good, good thing. And I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's cool. And he was like, um, you know, just told me the information on it. And I looked it up. And then, you didn't know that when you were meeting I, with him. He I was just a mentor, yeah, right? A yeah. friend. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about the lease center when I met with him. And so when he mentioned it, I was like, okay, well, when I get home, I'm gonna look <laughs> it up. And then just so happens, about a month or so later, there was a job position coming up because they were expanding um, the office mm-hmm. and needed a coordinator. So basically, it was basically like an office manager position who are yeah. doing the, the behind the scenes, the back end work with um, finances and things of that nature. But they do so much with yeah. all different industries, yeah. you know, seafood yeah. industry. Seafood industry, yeah. rural areas and mm-hmm. all of that. A lot of that stuff he's done with his classes and right. things of that nature. Um, and so I applied for it, <clears throat> interviewed, interviewed again, then finally got the call. Oh man. And it what was a good like feeling. it was like this is so awesome. And it's it was such a blessing to me because in a year of twenty twenty where everything was just turned upside down, you know, I ended it with a job that was a perfect fit for me. It was your dream. Yeah, it was my dream. And that's yeah. what I literally tell people now and I I 
I didn't think that was possible. I thought that was just like pie in the sky kind of thinking. I was like, that's no such thing as a, mm-hmm. as a dream job. And it's like, I'm literally but doing the stuff. Yes, I'm it's doing the stuff that I yeah. sit at home on Friday nights looking at videos on mm-hmm. entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship and higher education and things like that. Like, that's my job now. And it's so, yeah. it's so crazy. And it's like to the point to where it's like, I think about it all the time. Like, I don't mm-hmm. turn it off. I'm always thinking about entrepreneurship. I'm always thinking about um, economic development and all of that. But do you also think about how you listen to that inner wisdom? Does, is that part of what you think about, too? Like, you see mm-hmm. the thread yeah. of continuity where mm-hmm. good things happen to you when you, yeah. you listen mm-hmm. to that inner wisdom that comes from the source yeah. of God. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's what makes me want to cry. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I tend to get in my own way sometimes, mm-hmm. but you listen. Yeah. And for me, that's been the thing of, so I've had the realization, like working at the Lee Center and learning more about entrepreneurship and seeing the people mm-hmm. that we work with on their journey. Yeah. Um, and realizing that I've had a, another voice of dissension in my head that tells me, that I can never do anything like that because I'm not a risk taker. I'm not whatever. I'm very uh, analytical. I'm very logical. Mm-hmm. I'm a planner. Um, and so I always thought that was a opposite or an opposition to entrepreneurship and, and to growth and things like that. But when I look back on my own life, mm-hmm. I've seen all the risks that I've taken, like literally packing up everything yeah. I've owned and moved to Texas right. and all of that and putting my stuff in the storage unit in Lafayette believing that I'm going to get mm-hmm. a job, you know? Mm-hmm. And I realized that it's, it's calculated risk in the sense of it's not just blind risk and saying, oh, uh, I'm just going to do this and hope for the best. Like when I knew it was time to move back to Louisiana, I didn't go back to work on Monday after Christmas and say, hey, I'm quit. I'm breaking my lease and I'm moving back to Louisiana. Yeah. Like it was still intertwined with my analytical mind, mm-hmm. my logical mind and my planning side. Yeah. And so that's one of the biggest things that I've learned. Um, and I want to encourage people is that, you know, don't ever think that you're not a risk taker. We all have taken risk. Um some of us, sometimes it's a good risk, or sometimes it's not an intelligent risk. No, but, but sometimes you just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. And if it's a dream, you, yeah. if you don't go for it, mm-hmm. I think the regret would be worse than yeah. going for it and yeah. possibly failing, yeah. whatever failing is. So tell us what um, what you can about the Louisiana Entrepreneurship and Economic Development Center. Mm-hmm. Like who... Uh, I know that they do a lot of studies. You were talking about Dr. Jeff Stewart, yeah. but you also work uh, helping up-and-coming entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. in particular um, Northside. Yeah. If you can talk about that. Yeah. So we, we just finished our second Accelerate Northside um, cohort for the fall. We had uh, 46 people um, completed in the And what spring. is that? What is Accelerate? So Accelerate Northside is basically a, a six-week business development program. Mm-hmm. We did um, six sessions um, six consecutive Saturday mornings. Um, so local business people are people, people that want to people be. People that have it. ideas. Uh-huh. It's anybody that has an idea who may have a business already. Um, it, we run the gamut of people who are currently in college to retired age. Um, people who don't know what they want to do, but they know they want to do something. Um, and people who are already well on their way to mm. growing their business. And so... For us, it's just coming alongside of people in their journey, no matter where they are, basically. Right. And so, go ahead. How do people learn about this, and how do they get involved? 46 is a big cohort. Yeah. That's a lot of people interested yeah, in yeah. doing, you know, we're planning going on, into business. Right now, we're doing a... Uh, we're doing an Accelerate St. Landry program. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. and so it's, it's a similar program to Accelerate Northside. Um, we just launched that last Thursday um, in partnership with um, St. Landry Economic Development and the St. Landry Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, so They're we're, doing good things yeah, there, too. they are. Yeah. And so we're doing six weeks in Opelousas. Um, we had about 25 people come this past Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing, just, <clears throat> you know, ideas. Some of them have businesses already. Um, but the website is business.louisiana.edu slash lead center um, or slash lead. 
L-E-E-D. Uh-huh. Yeah, L-E-E-D. And that will take that, that website has all the information about our mm-hmm. accelerate programs and what we do and the things of that nature. Um, so you, you help people learn, uh, I guess, business plan, marketing. Yeah, we you do. You kind of give them the basic tools. Yeah, business plan, marketing, knowing your numbers, um, operations, things like that. It's almost... Um, Basically, like an entry-level business, uh-huh. you know. What does it cost? cost. Um, the cost is is four fifty um, for the Accelerate Northside program, but through the grant that we've received, we're able to provide a waiver, and so they only have oh. to pay twenty five dollars out of pocket. Was that a federal grant? Yeah, or? through the uh-huh. EDA. Yes, ma'am. Gosh, yeah, that's so exciting. It's, yeah, it's good, and, and it's been amazing for me to. Um, like I said, like I feel like I've always wanted to be a part of the community, mm-hmm. and now I feel like that's exactly where I am. And so every turn and every what I saw with detours were really um, woven to get me to where I am right now. Mm-hmm. And to be able to to know the entrepreneurs and know the people who are doing things in the community, and like they're just such. Um, and inspiration to me and seeing the community that they've built together and how they support um, one another is like really just amazing Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. I bet you meet a lot of um, inspirational people Mm -hmm. that I can just imagine the stories you hear. Yeah. And just to be able like the ones that do have um, businesses that are like retail locations or things like that nature, being able to go and support them mm-hmm. and to take my child and my son and to meet them and yeah. my family and all of that and just feel um, such a part of the community. And for me, I can honestly say that um, even with all the work that I've done previously, I feel more a part of the community than I ever have. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's that's amazing because through all my journey, like it's been a desire of mine to just be in a place where I feel like I'm in a broader community. Yeah. Because being away from home, all of my family um, are from Lake Charles. Most, well, since Hurricane Laura, some had to leave. Um, But being in a place with no family has always been kind of difficult in the sense of having that feeling of community and things like that because it'll just be me, my wife, and my son. Right. You know, we have friends and things like that, but it was just, it was always so... It was different, you know, mm-hmm. and so this has provided us a way to be involved in the community. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm so glad you get to share your story and, and also about what LEAD does. A lot of people don't realize the resources that our community offers. Mm-hmm. I mean, besides your department, the Louisiana Entrepreneurship and Economic <coughs> Development Center, which is right here um, at UL Lafayette, there's also the Opportunity Machine, mm-hmm. which is near you. It's in the. Yeah. It was in the Light Center. I guess they're. No, that's still there. They're still in the Light yeah. Center. I know they might be moving at some point. And just last week, I interviewed Sherry Latour, who yeah, owns Tops, Tops. Mm-hmm. and she has got about 15 businesses mm-hmm. in Tops. Mm-hmm. Not all of them are incubating. I mean, Brian Gidry's there, and he's been building homes yeah. for a long time. But yeah. most of them are up and coming businesses that could mm-hmm. not otherwise afford rent and yeah. you know storing their goods and commercial kitchens mm-hmm. and she has opened up her heart like yeah. you're talking about she's doing she's doing some amazing things and we've have we have some community partners um that have partnered with us and helped us with accelerate Northside and all yeah. of our programs like can and you so, mention some of that i probably um, don't even know OM, lita uh-huh. uh one acadiana um louisiana sbdc um ptac what's that um, it's the procurement tech. So it's basically, I don't really know for sure, but I Under think they help with like contracts. It's an it's a, uh, office at UL. Okay. Um, so they help, they help people with, um, contracting basically okay. like oh, learning how contract. to yeah, and things put of that nature. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I mentioned OM, one Acadiana, yeah. Lita, um, the Black Chamber, the Greater Southwest Louisiana Black Chamber of Commerce were, our co-host um, mm-hmm. for the Accelerate Northside programs. And so we've done a lot of work with them. They've been a, an amazing partner in helping us with that. Um, and Stephen Bartley, yeah. um, their president, um, the Macomb Vise uh, Coterie, um, the EDA, of course, uh, Louisiana uh, Workforce Solutions, Arcadiana Workforce Solutions, the NAACP. Um, so we have like 13 supporting partners that have mm-hmm. helped us in everything. The That's Lafayette great. Public Library, 
Really? Yeah, I you, think you that's everything. You meet in their uh, facilities, or yeah, just the resources that they offer. Yeah. Um, they've they've been um, a great partner in showing our people. So basically, what we like to do is just introduce our people to what's available mm-hmm. in the community. And these supporting partners have always been open and willing yeah. to help the people that we have. Do you? Um, is it required that you be a minority? To be no, involved. it's open to anybody. It's any, anybody it's can get this help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, um, you know, we offer consultation services as well. So if anybody uh-huh. has any questions, they can just um, send us an email, leadcenter at louisiana.edu. Um, so we're, I mean, they have an idea that they would like to run by somebody uh-huh. or something like that. You know, we can talk, sit down and talk yeah. to them and all of that. What a gift, um, though. Like, if you could have been in business 50 years yeah. and, like, you decide, well, I want to really try something new. Mm-hmm. And if it's out of your wheelhouse, you know, you're yeah. not going to know what to do. Mm-hmm. And to have this assistance to yeah. maybe avoid expensive mistakes yeah. is great. It's, it's, uh, we're, we're blessed to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, it's myself, our program director is Jonathan Shirley, and Dr. Jeff Stewart is our director. And we also have mm-hmm. um, four graduate assistants um, mm-hmm. that help us with everything as well. I want to ask you, you know, from listening to your, your um, talk about your journey, it seems like mentors have been very important to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you recommend that other young people mm-hmm. share their concerns and hopes with people that, you know, like their professors yeah. or maybe people that they've worked with? Definitely. It's, mentorship to me is very, very important. And I've, I've looked at every aspect of my life um, and I see the mentors that I've had. Obviously, my very first mentor was my dad. Yeah. <laughs> and so growing up, um, everything that he's taught me and everything, all the wisdom that he's given me. Um, but just when I was doing ministry, having pastoral uh, mentors, um, when I was in Huntsville, I had a, a couple of older guys who I really looked up to who were mentors to me. Um, Mr. Kenneth Mate, um, Daryl Hale, who's uh, one of my good friends, who's a superintendent out in Texas. Um but those were um, a couple of guys and the pastors that we had who I really looked up to. Um, and so when I got into the 705 through the Do Good Project that Sky Rito did, mm-hmm. um, I was paired with a mentor and I was paired with Patrick LeBove. And so through through my relationship with him and him being my mentor, that helped me to get acclimated to the work that I wanted to do in the community. So every step of the way, um, I'm constantly looking for somebody that I can look right. up to, somebody who's been, you know, further along on the journey or been where I desire to go. Well, as we're winding up our interview, mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted to mention and have you just maybe talk about your work, volunteer work with New Hope, Lafayette, and then uh, the Family Connection, if you can just kind of uh, touch on those. Yeah, New Hope Lafayette is an organization that's been around for about 10 years mm-hmm. Um John and Chris Newman are the ones yeah. that run that there. Um, based at the, the, the Carlton James Center um, in Lafayette, they do after-school tutoring, um, things of that nature, working with kids in the in the community. And I sat down with John um, one day because I knew him through my wife who helped them when they first started New Hope. Um, and so me and John said we built a relationship and things of that nature. And so he asked me to be on the board um, I agreed. I, I love the mission that they mm-hmm. have. They're doing some amazing work in the community. He's been tenacious um, yeah, he in is. his desire yeah. to help young children. And he, John is one of those people that I would, you know, that I like to talk to, that I like mm-hmm. to learn from um, and things of that nature. And the Family Connection is actually a nonprofit that was started by my wife and I. Um, oh. Yeah, she's been in social services. She was in social services for 16 years. And in one of her stints, she was doing therapeutic foster care. And there was a young man that she was working with who aged out of the foster care system. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was sent back to a home situation that wasn't ideal. And ever since then, she doesn't know what happened to him. She doesn't know where he is or things of that nature. And that really weighed on her heart. And so the the nonprofit was born out of a desire to never see that happen to anybody again. And so we work with... Um, Older foster youth who are about to age out of the system. Is that at right um, at eighteen? Right. That, yeah. They, well, they age out now thanks to a law that was signed a couple of years ago. It's either eighteen 
Uh, it's 21 or when you graduate high school. Okay. So they have a little bit more time. But we, our desire, we're still in the startup phase. Our desire is to provide them with life skills training, mm-hmm. educational assistance, um, career it's guidance, it's you know, helping huh? them find housing, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we just, we, we launched our first life skills class um, last month. And we had, um, it started out with three young ladies. Um, two of them had to drop off because of different obligations and all of that. But we had one that stuck through the whole thing. And we've got to really um, get to know her. And, mm-hmm. you know, our board members have really just been there for her and have yeah. been, you know, helping us in this in her process as she decides what to do after after high school and things of that nature. So we're looking to to grow from there. Um, want to give a shout out to BBR. Um, we were a part of the BBR Create-A-Thon this you year. Are? Yeah. Oh, Cherie Bear. Yeah. Yep. So they did an amazing job with um, oh. our, our marketing and things of that nature and helping us get to get everything to get everything yeah. rolling with it. So it's been quite a journey. 2020 kind of threw everything into a loop. Mm-hmm. Um, but we built our board over the past year. We have seven amazing board members. And we're just ready to continue to grow going into 2022. Okay. Well, I'll put those in the show notes. So that, that that's 501c3. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's a 501c3. And, yeah. uh, donations. Donations, yes, ma'am. So you're paying it forward and you're mentoring mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both at work and privately. Yeah. So Kevin Guillory, what an honor to share, you know, your your steps. Yeah. Because I know you've got a you've got a long road. I, I just can't mm. wait to see what else is going to happen yeah. in your future. Thank you so much. Thank you for being my friend and thank being you. here on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'd like to thank our listeners, too. Thank you so much. Please tell people about the podcast. You can subscribe, and it'll be delivered pretty much every Friday. Sometimes I might be Friday evening before I get it out, mm. but it's every Friday we release a new podcast. You can also visit discoverlafayette.net, and I'd love to take a moment and thank our sponsors who do make this podcast possible. Iberia Bank, now a part of the First Horizon family. Oxner Lafayette General. Raider, and in particularly Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape, and Kurgan Brothers Sonic. Thank you for helping us keep the podcast going. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, thank you for listening. I'm Jan Swift. 